You are listening to episode 19 of the Tennis Files podcast. Seven reasons why you lose tennis matches. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. I'm really happy to have you guys uh, listening in on the episode today. Today's episode is actually solo, uh, just me. And uh, I'm not interviewing anyone, uh, but it's always a privilege to be able to talk to you guys directly about trying to improve your tennis game. And I thought that I would discuss uh, my previous weekend because I actually played a men's open uh, tennis tournament. I live in Maryland and we had a USTA Mid-Atlantic section hardcore tournament, which gave players the opportunity to earn national ranking points to try to get on the top 500 list. And um, while I did not get to the quarterfinals, which is where you would start to pick up these points, uh, I, I really learned a lot from my experience playing in tournaments. And it's so important uh, to compete because when you compete, then you test yourself uh, against various levels of play. And that's when you really start to find out what you need to improve in your game. And, uh, you know, for me, especially after I lose a match, I really get extremely motivated to try to uh, get better so that I can play better the next time around. And so I would like to just go through a couple of my matches including the one that I lost in the round of 16 to uh, give you guys some perspective on uh, what I'm going to be doing to try to improve my game. And, you know, maybe you'll pick up some things that you notice in your game too. And hopefully this will motivate you to try to improve as much as possible. So in this men's open tournament, you know, pretty much anyone could enter. Uh, and uh, there were varying levels of play. So in the first round, I had my match last Friday uh, on a beautiful sunny day. In Germantown and I played an older guy who I think was like probably in his anywhere from his mid 50s to maybe like 60 years old which uh, you know it, it's definitely a different type of player uh, he was 4-0 level player so um, you know I'm currently in the 5-0 leagues or whatnot so um, you know I didn't have too much of a tough time a really nice guy and you know the thing with him is I guess you know, to talk about the opponent is he didn't have much pace on the ball. Uh, he hit the ball pretty short, which is a big difference between uh, from the 4-0 players to the 4-5 and 5-0s. And even in playing 4-5s, that's a big difference too. They just don't quite have either pace or depth on their balls uh, consistently. So that's why higher level players can attack them. And he hit quite a few shots with backspin, um, especially if he wasn't able to get to the ball, uh, get into position, you know, well enough. And uh, he actually wasn't, you know, that great of a mover. So I was, you know, obviously took advantage of that. 
Um, you know, some positives is, is he was crafty and he tried to play, you know, smart. He tried to chip uh, short balls low to my forehand and backhand because, you know, I, I hit with a lot of topspin. So those balls are uh, can give me trouble. And that's one thing to, to note for you guys. If you play people with extreme grips, oftentimes, um, you know, short slices um, really force the player to get down low to hit their shot. And it's sometimes it's really hard to to do that when you have a you know an extremish type grip and you hit a lot of spin on the ball. So anyway, you know I played this guy uh, first round on Friday, and uh, I mean the things that I did to win are I you know my forehand is my strength, so I moved him around with my forehand, and you know just made sure to place the ball uh, in the right areas so that I'd make him run and things like that. And fortunately, I had a lot more time to set up my shots than normal because, like I said, he hits pretty short and like slower shots than other players that I played. And I hit a, I just, you know, hit heavy cross court balls and, and yielded, uh, and he yielded a short ball eventually, which I was able to attack. So, you know, again, foros in general, um, they don't seem to have a consistent deep ball and. A lot of them don't really have a consistent weapon either. So that's just kind of uh, things to keep in mind um, t- as far as levels of play and what you need to develop to get to that next level. And one thing I like to note is I, I had an interview with Dave Fish, or the head coach of Harvard uh, University Men's Tennis, on episode 12. And we talked about the universal tennis rating system. And, you know, this is slightly off topic, but you know, with all the respect in the world for my opponent in the first round, it was just, you know, very huge disparity where, um, you know, he's a 4-0 player and I'm a 5-0 player. So, I mean, he, he got a game, but uh, it really wasn't very competitive. So something like the Universal Tennis Rating System, uh, which promises competitive matches, especially in the first round, based on placing uh, similar leveled players together, uh, that might uh, work out in players' favor as far as having tougher matches and more competitive matches. Because this is really the second time, because uh, last time, uh, last year I played this tournament and it was kind of the same. I mean, my first round opponent actually was pretty decent, I guess. But then the second round was just like uh, an 0-0 affair. Anyway, so that was my first round match. A cool guy, but, you know, not too much trouble. Second round, uh, it's kind of weird. You know, this guy, he uh, he defaulted. So he got a bye while I had to play the first round. Um, but then he defaulted, so I didn't have to play him. And so to kind of set the stage for this day, uh, on Saturday it rained a lot. So it was impossible to play outdoors. So I got a text from the referee cool guy Dave at uh, in the morning that said that uh, that told me that I would probably be playing uh, around seven or later Um, and he said probably so I should definitely expect to play at any time I guess but um, you know I got uh, a default in the more the uh, morning match so I didn't have to play so then you know expectation was like you know later on in the day the evening but then I got a call from uh, the tournament uh, desk that I uh, around 5 30 p.m. where I was still like uh, I think I was still on the couch like watching tv and just finished eating uh, Cheetos or something no I'm just kidding I, I just finished eating my dinner and whatnot so um, 
Yeah, so I got the call around 5.30, and then I was kind of relaxing, so I had to uh, kind of rush over to the tournament because apparently a court opened up because the number one seed had rolled his ankle playing uh, some kid, I think like some 13-year-old kid who was a sick player. Um, but anyway, so then kind of unfortunately rushed out there without a, a warm-up. Uh, I was planning to go on the bike around like 6 o'clock, just go on the bike for like, 10 minutes or so to get my body going because you know it's a rainy day and there'd be no other opportunity to warm up really um so but unfortunately i wasn't able to do that and it turned out to be very bad for me because i had a really slow start and you know it takes time for me to get going oftentimes it takes me a set to start playing my game properly you know if i don't warm up which i highly do not advise always warm up when you can super important so you know my footwork and timing was off uh, in this match and so sorry i didn't mention uh, my opponent so i for the round of 16 i had to play uh, another 5.0 rated player he was the fourth seed in the tournament i was unseated Um, i had seen him in the 5.0 leagues before i guess a quick assessment of him i just Solid serve, able to place the ball pretty well. Uh, had a really good uh, backhand, is able to um, redirect it fairly well. Um, he wasn't unbeatable by any means because I noticed uh, that a couple of his forehands uh, would sail under pressure and whatnot uh, after I started playing him. But anyway, uh, you know, like I said, huge thing, huge problem with me not warming up. So I got to the the court and uh, I just felt extremely drowsy it was just horrible so um, I started playing and my I felt like my footwork was was off and I wasn't able to get into position uh, well enough when a lot of balls because you know this this player uh, name's Adam he was hitting uh, you know hitting well hitting you know strong balls uh, fast shots and heavy balls and you know placed very well and it takes a lot of um, hard work like uh, footwork and um you know, you have to be on your game in order to, to beat these types of players. And I wasn't. So I, I mean, embarrassingly, embarrassingly went down. Like I think it was 5-0 in the first set. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? I was actually, uh, I, I couldn't even handle my water bottle. He, You know, it's a big jug. But like I remember um, grabbing it and then like it fell to the ground. And uh, my girlfriend was just like <laughs> looking at me like, what is this guy doing? So... Um, but finally got a game under my belt, uh, at that point, but then, uh, my opponent, uh, Adam held serve. Then in the second set, we got to two all, then we had a, a, uh, went to deuce and then Adam ended up winning that game. And you know, another thing is we had to play no ad scoring. Um, uh, you know, I mean, we both had to do it, so it's not like it's to, to his advantage, my disadvantage, but it was just tough. Um, so he continued to play well and, um, you know, defeated me. But, you know, coming off the court, uh, I really thought about what happened and, you know, things that, you know, reasons why I lost the match. Because that's really the key. It doesn't matter, you know, if you lose bad, uh, you know, really bad or or win. You always have to think about, you know, what did I do well in the match? And then what did I not do well? And you have to be really motivated and know that you have it within you to improve and get to the next level. And you can only do that if you 
focus on things that you didn't do well uh, and to try to improve upon those things. Because like I said, when you go to the higher levels, you're going to be exposed. Your game will be exposed. Your weaknesses will be exposed. And then you won't be confident when you have to hit these these shots or, you know, uh, utilize your weaknesses, I guess I could say. So I want to just go through seven reasons why you lose tennis matches. And this is obviously the title of uh, today's episode. So the first reason is no warm-up. So as I mentioned, you have to get the your body ready for matches. And, you know, my body wasn't ready because I wasn't able to warm up. And also mentally too is, is really important to, um, you know, mentally be warmed up, I can say, uh, because if you don't expect to play or you expect to play at a certain time and then all of a sudden something changes and then you have to play earlier, then it, it'll definitely be a shock to the mind. And so I guess I, I neglected to mention that I unfortunately like mentally thought like half of me thought that I wouldn't even play that day because we had two rounds to get through that entire Saturday and so, you know, first we weren't sure if we would be able to get through that those two rounds. And then um, I, later on, I was told that I would probably play, but like at 7 p.m. or later. So unfortunately, my body and mind just kind of like relaxed, you know. So you definitely don't want that to happen. You always want to be ready for anything. And uh, just keep that in mind as you progress in your career that you have to be ready to play at any moment. Um, you know, when the tournament's going on in the weekend, you just, you really never know, especially in rain delay situations. I mean, if, if you have like a regular tournament, I mean, I, I would think that they would stick to the times if it, if there's no weather issues, but if there's inclement weather, you just, you never know, you might have to go on cause, uh, it, it's tough, you know, it's really tough on the tournament and the referees and, um, tournament directors, um, on how to get through a tournament when there's not enough courts. I mean, like for many hours in the day, they only had two courts that they could use for the tournament and then it would open up, you know, all four courts would open up for a little while and then it would go back to two. And, you know, you don't want like a three-day tournament to, to be stretched out to like four or five days, especially when you have people who have to go to work on the weekdays and it kind of makes it a lot tougher so yeah and you know really the action item here is that to to try to warm up uh maybe a couple hours in advance and i'm going to experiment with this because on episode 14 of the tennis files podcast jeff rothschild who i interviewed on that episode who's a, a dietitian he said that mike and bob Bryan, who are uh, well mike's his client i know for sure um, they like to warm up two to three hours before their matches. So, you know, I don't, next time if there's some rain delay, I don't care. I'm just going to hop on the bike or move around or do whatever I can uh, several hours before the match to ensure that my body is ready to go. Second thing I noticed, um, which a lot of people kind of underestimate the importance of, you know, I did not have very good footwork that day. And poor footwork is really the cause, I think, for the most problems uh, in people's games. 
you know, a lot of times I would be stretching for balls or just having to just hit shots that I that were very difficult uh, to execute because I was not in position, and or maybe I was falling back on certain shots, and you definitely don't want to do that. So poor footwork is sometimes more of an issue than your stroke mechanics. For example, Andrew on the uh, Reddit forums, he chatted with me and I actually just watched a quick video of him uh, hitting forehands and I noticed, um, he, you know, he asked me some questions about his backswing and things like that, but what I told him the most important thing to focus on first was the footwork because you have to be balanced and in position. If you're not in position to hit the shot, then it doesn't matter how technically sound your backswing is and your, you know, your stroke or follow through, you won't be able to hit a good shot. So you have to always focus on intensity of your footwork and getting in the right position, trying to judge where the ball is going to be relative to your strike zone and to try to um, get to that, you know, get in position that you can hit a good shot. The third reason why you lose tennis matches is because you don't have a very strong serve. So what I noticed is as you move up levels, in my view, the level of your serve kind of reflects the level uh, of where you're at as far as like the uh, NTRP ratings. So if you have like a 4-0 rated serve, uh, you know, a 4-0 level serve, then that's what, you know, that's where your game will kind of plateau because guy played and in general in the 5-0 leagues they have you know very strong serves they can place the ball anywhere they want and they can hit it uh, with a lot of velocity and spin and so I got broken several times in the match unfortunately and what I recognize is that I need to really um, beef up my serve and work more on placement and things like that and you know sure I had a kind of an off day in my estimation at least but if you work on your serve. I mean, if you work on your serve and nothing else, your game is going to go up by leaps and bounds because, I mean, like I've said before, um, especially in my article, uh, tennisfiles.com slash mistakes, uh, if you go to that uh, web address, you'll find one of the main mistakes that you make is not focusing on your serve. If you improve it, I mean, you're going to win so many more points because you serve half the time in the match. Um, if you have a crappy serve and you're playing somebody who has a good serve, I mean, you're screwed because, you know, you're, you're going to be attacked, uh, off your serve. Um, so you're going to be on the defense right away. And then, you know, when the guy is serving your guy or girl, you know, your opponent's serving that, you know, it's obviously going to be really tough to break them if they have a, a good serve. So, I mean, you're, you know, lose really bad. So, I mean, I recognize that, you know, my serve is is decent, but to get to the next level, uh, it would be fantastic if I could get uh, some more free points against these higher, uh, you know, 5-0 and above players. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. So, definitely... 
something that you need to really focus on in addition to footwork is improving your serve. And also another article that I wrote to kind of like talk more about why you should improve your serve is uh, it's called the five reasons why you need to practice your serve. So that's at, uh, well, this is kind of a long URL, but I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes, uh, which is at tennisfiles.com slash 19. Or you can just Google search the title of five reasons why you need to practice your serve. So the fourth reason uh, why you lose tennis matches, and I, you know, unfortunately I realized that I didn't didn't do this, is I did not play my game. And you have to be really true to your game. And, you know, if you are a grinder and that's how you win most of your matches, you know, that's how you really need to play. If you're a certain volleyer, obviously, you know, that's what you got to do. It's your bread and butter. Do that. So, for example, in my match, I found myself, and this is probably because of, you know, it's tough when, mentally when you go down quite a bit um, uh, and you're losing or, you know, your game's off. You try to sometimes overcompensate in other areas. So I was going for too much on my uh, some of my shots. And that's not my game, you know. Um, you have to think about what your game is all about and then and execute according to that. So, you know, for example, my game is, you know, hitting heavy topspin balls deep and dictating with my forehand and hitting with a lot of spin. I mean, um, I always get comments about how much spin my ball has, um, probably has the most of, uh, you know, of, of, of a lot of uh, players that I've seen and talk to so the thing for me is to be an aggressive baseliner and um you know obviously you can say that going for you know a lot of winners and stuff is aggressive but that's not really the optimal way to play unless you like really have like huge strokes and whatnot so anyway instead of grinding out points and working points and hitting heavy balls um i went for too much and so that wasn't really you know, optimal for me. So that, you know, not staying true to your game and not playing your game is a huge reason why you lose tennis matches. And the next reason why, you know, you are not successful in tennis matches is poor fitness. And this kind of directly relates in in some fashion to the previous point because if you're not fit enough, then you might not be able to play your game. So, for example, if you're a grinder uh, or you're an aggressive baseliner and you don't have the stamina to keep that game up, then you will not be able to play uh, at the top of um, your capabilities. And I felt like I was not fit enough in that uh, in that match. You know, I'm obviously... You know, I have, I have a day job as an attorney in the government, and then I try to, you know, I put out uh, this information, which I love doing, uh, podcasts and articles and whatnot. But I need to, and I I have been ever since the, the end of that tournament, uh, committing to being a more fit person. So um, in order to play your best, you need to be fit. I mean, you always hear it... Um, I think it was Marty Fish who just became huge at one point and he was playing crappy, but, you know, he recommitted to fitness and the same with Agassi dropped down to like the hundreds or two hundreds or whatnot. 
Um, and then he recommitted to fitness uh, with his trainer, Gil Reyes, I think. And then that's when he was able to play his best again. So fitness, man, fitness, you need it. So commit to that. Um, the sixth reason why you lose tennis matches is uh, not mentally ready to play the match. And so I did mention this earlier, and it's on my list, but I inadvertently went into it in the first point. But again, and, and you know, I can expound upon this some more. I know there's a lot of you who enter tournaments, and then you have this fear of playing it and competing. And I know this myself because... You know, when I was younger, sometimes like I, you know, when I knew a match was coming up, there was a part of me that was saying, man, I hope that the guy defaults or, you know, I hope that I, that the match is delayed so I don't have to play. But you have to be positive and ready and willing to compete and just know that you're going to benefit so much regardless of the result uh, when you compete. And like I said, always be ready to play. You know, like my mindset on Saturday wasn't the best. And I, you know, there was a part of me that was like, hey, you know, there's no way they're going to get through two rounds today having only a couple courts throughout the day. And because of that, um, my mind was basically asleep. And so um, the result was a butt kicking. Um, Unfortunately, I wasn't administering it. And the final reason why you lose tennis matches is because you and I combine this uh, two things together but because you don't practice seriously and you don't compete in tournaments so to tackle the first point you need to practice seriously and you know everyone's guilty of this you know you go and hit with your friend and you're laughing and joking around but does that happen in tennis tournaments do you you know hit a shot and miss it and then start laughing I mean, maybe you do, and then, you know, you have to re-examine your tournament playing, but, you know, you have to practice serious and try to replicate the conditions in which you compete as much as possible because, uh, you know, when it's time to compete, then, you know, your lack of seriousness will reflect in your play. You have to be intense as much as possible and concentrate on improving because if you don't practice seriously, then your your match play is going to be a joke. Um, And then... You need to keep competing in tournaments if you want to be successful uh, competing because, uh, listen, you know, you've got to get used to the environment. Um, you know, some of you, when you play for the first time or you haven't played in a long time, you will you might start to notice extraneous things uh, besides the match itself. You might notice the crowd watching or you might think about uh, the pressure and things like that. But if you keep competing and uh, playing in these competitive environments, then you're going to get better. I mean, that's just how it goes. You know, the first time you do anything, you're going to, you know, you might not thrive as as well as you could if you kept practicing and playing in the same conditions. So you need to keep competing and you're going to get used to that environment and you're going to play better. So as a result of the seven things that I that I basically um, was reminded of uh, that caused me to lose my uh, round of 16 match. Uh, I just want, you know, I'm going to commit to certain things. I'm going to commit to my fitness. I'm going to make a huge commitment to improving my serve. And I've already been doing some of this. I've been 
waking up uh, pretty early around 6 a.m. Uh, for the past few days because uh, I've been really motivated to you know address these issues and make sure that I play a lot better and it's only been a few days and I've already noticed a huge impact in uh, waking up in early in the morning and exercising and then playing more you know practicing more really focusing on things like my footwork and uh, having strong legs and things like that and uh, also I'm committing to play even more tournaments and to practice more seriously uh, with my uh, practice partners uh, I'm going to make a commitment to straight stay true to my game and um, in order to do this I'm going to need to be fit and you know have a solid serve as well so that all the pieces can uh, stay together in my game and not break down I'm going to commit to being mentally ready for matches moving forward uh, no matter what I'm going to be uh, pumped to play and ready to go despite you know any elements uh, weather issues or whatnot and I'm going to commit to warming up well before my matches. As I said, I'm going to try to experiment with warming up, you know, maybe two to three hours before my match and just see how that works versus warming up, you know, right before the match. Curious to see how that goes. So thanks for that, Jeff. Um, so, yeah, those are the seven reasons uh, why you lose tennis matches and the commitments that you can make to improve them. Oh, and also, I'm, I'm, I'm really focusing on my footwork as well because that's, that's huge, as I mentioned. So, yeah, um, I hope that this helps you moving forward. I, I know that some of you guys, you know, struggle in your game and you lose matches and, you know, it's tough. But you just have to kind of just sit down and analyze what happened and uh, be excited that you can play a lot better and you can beat people who you lost to and uh, it's really a lot of fun to work hard on your game and just see the direct improvements it'll keep you going and and uh, you know you'll have a lifelong progression of uh, you know being a student of the game and uh, just being a vacuum in terms of learning as much as you can and uh, you know just keep reading tennis articles keep you know going on go to youtube and watch slow-mo videos uh, and uh, here's a tip for you you can actually click on the um, on the settings button which is on youtube videos which is looks like a little gear and then you can actually um, select speed and then you can put the video to a quarter speed so it doesn't matter if it's a slow video slow-mo video or not you can make it slow and, uh, you know, watch uh, the pros and especially focus on their footwork and see what they're doing. Because I think that's more important, really, um, the footwork and the balance than their actual mechanics and stuff. Because everyone has different, you know, backswings and whatnot. And you might get confused with what's happening. Um, they all do have certain common elements uh, to their strokes and whatnot. But anyway, focus on the footwork. And, uh, you know, read tennis books and do all these things and try to learn as much as you can. So I hope that, you know, what I just talked about uh, helps you. And I hope my, my experiences playing tennis and learning from others continues to help you. Um, so I just want to also encourage you guys, if you haven't yet, to subscribe to the show. And so you can do that by going to tennisfiles.com slash iTunes, if you use iTunes, and then 
clicking on the blue view and iTunes button and then uh, clicking subscribe or, you know, for whatever other podcast app you use, just find the subscribe button and hit it. So then you can get episodes um, downloaded to your podcast app as soon as I publish them. Also, I would really appreciate it if you would share this episode with a friend or online or on social media if you found it helpful. Because, I mean, really just I'm trying to help people improve their game. And so the more people it reaches, the more awesome, you know, that is for me and for, you know, for everyone. So I just want to end the show by reading you another quote um, from my best friend, Malcolm X. No, I'm just kidding. I never met him. But uh, he has a great quote on adversity, uh, which is obviously related to um, what I just talked about. And Malcolm X said, there is no better thing than adversity. Every defeat, every heartbreak, every loss contains its own seed, its own lesson on how to improve your performance the next time. So keep improving. And uh, I really appreciate you guys listening to this episode of the Tennis Files podcast. And I will see you on the next one. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.